All right, everybody, welcome to episode 59 of Talking Taker. You can check the tiz on because we are here for our encyclopedic <laughs> exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all tiz on. <laughs> My name is Alex Dorio. <laughs> I'm one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, for this round of Dead Man Talking by my best friend, my wrestling buddy, my tag team partner, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, for this episode, to quote the great He-Man himself, or to paraphrase him, if you will, tonight, we have the power. Yes, we do. Anytime we can cross over He-Man with Undertaker, I'm good, because that was another one of my heroes as a child, so... Oh man, I used to have the giant castle Grayskull Ooh. and uh, Eternity. What's it called? Yeah, and yeah, Eternia. and uh, what's yeah? no Skeletor? What was Skeletor? This one called. Anyway, I, I had both. That was of those. Castle Grayskull. Yeah, no, anyway, whatever. I had both. I had He-Man's <laughs> and I had. It's late. I had He-Man's and I had uh, what's his name? So uh, Skeletor's and my mom sold him in a yard sale, and I've never oh, learned to forget no, it. No, so, dude. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should talk uh, to uh, Zack Ryder or Kurt Hawkins, see if they can I dig him up for you. Probably could. Yeah, you guys check their podcast out, all of you creatures of a night. They're, they're funny. They're good. They're, it's interesting, to say the least. I have they're enjoyed mega it. nerds. Yeah, the major <laughs> wrestling figure podcast. It has brought up a lot of a lot of memories. I know we've, we've discussed oh, yeah. it. Uh, we are both pretty big wrestling figure nerds up until a certain age. Uh, not quite as old as they were <laughs> when they gave <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Ryder was like in college playing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Oh, we can talk about that. Freshman in high school. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a later episode, <laughs> probably. But yeah. uh, there's there's too much to talk about here to, to wasting time sure. talking about action figures because we are covering King of the Ring 1999 on this week's episode of Talking Taker. We're going to be covering the Undertaker taking on the Rock for the WWF Championship, defending his newly won title that he got on our last episode at Over the Edge 1999, but more importantly, as I alluded to in the opening, tonight we're going to discuss the ever-memorable, highly controversial, hilarious, impactful debut and revelation of the greater power, the higher power, however you want to say it, the giant revelation that took place. <laughs> they didn't on, know. Uh, they did not know. And <laughs> they did not know who it was going to be. And oh, and so, so uh. many things to talk about there, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So strap in, folks. Grab a cup of coffee. I've got mine. Do whatever you got to do. It's going to be a doozy here, folks, as we take the uh, time traveling hearse back to, well, back to May of 1999 as we get this one started. Like I said, we left you off last week with Over the Edge 1999. Of course, what everyone remembers that show for, rightfully so, was the untimely passing of Owen Hart, but the show did go on. Uh, I argued that perhaps it should not have on last week's episode, but it did anyway, and The Undertaker was able to win the WWF Championship for the third time, but that's obviously not the main focus of that show, so it's not even mentioned on the next night's episode of raw nor should it have been you know that was the of course the classic yeah. raw is owen tribute show and probably wisely enough undertaker is not involved in this show at all really not even i believe he's not even on the stage for the tin bell salute of owen hart mm -hmm. although uh, paul bearer is but i believe the undertaker stayed in the back 
Yeah, I, and I think that was smart, you know, um, just from his character standpoint. Plus, which he does that stuff nowadays too. He won't come out for that yeah. kind of stuff, or he's never at the Hall of Fame, you know, nowadays right. either. So I think it was smart just from that, and just also. Like, like you mentioned last week, he's like this cult leader, demon. They call him literally the dead man. Like, you don't want to bring any of those names up. Reaper of Souls and Walks with Angels. She talks to angels, all this stuff. You don't want to put him on there. So, on Raw is Owen. The only thing he's involved in is that they have, like, some of the still picture recaps of the match the night before. That's it. But um, no storyline progression, thank God. Just some talking head tributes segments to Owen. Um, if you've never seen an episode and you want to cry, go ahead and watch it. Check out Jeff Jarrett's uh, section. But if not, we'll move on to Brighter Pastures here. Yeah, very emotional show, of course. But the machine keeps on rolling. The WWF yep. keeps on going. There are no off-seasons. There are no breaks. And the storylines are going to progress here. So uh, I do believe, though, you know, I think... As we go on through this, it's clear that things do change. I mean, obviously, they weren't planning on having an entire episode of Raw in this build-up to King of the Ring overtaken by a tribute show. So some storylines are going to get meshed together. Some plans are going to change. I'm not sure exactly how these revelations and this build was all originally laid out, but it does kind of get jumbled together here. But we'll talk about it more as we go on. But on Heat, May 30th, 1999... That is where we get the first progression of anything since Over the Edge. And uh, the King of the Ring tournament begins here. <laughs> uh, quite the lineup. Dude, let me just let you guys in on this tournament. This is probably one of the most underwhelming King of the Ring tournaments in history. Um, you got Billy Gunn versus Viscera. Shamrock versus Jeff Jarrett. Big Show vs. Draws, Tess vs. Kane, Road Dog vs. Godfather, China vs. Val Venus, Al Snow vs. Hardcore Holly, and Bossman vs. X-Pac. Oh my word, man. I just don't know. That just underwhelms me. But anyway, luckily it has nothing to do with Taker. We don't have to dig deep into that. But Is there <sighs> one match that you could get excited for in that lineup? Yes, and the only one would be what the finals weren't. It should have been Billy Gunn versus Road Dog. Oh, yeah. At the right. pay-per-view. Right. Right? But it was Billy Gunn versus X-Pac instead. Like, huh? that was your one shot to get the New Age Outlaws in there against each other, and you blew, blew it. So You anyway, got to swerve them, bro. I step aside. Let's move on. <laughs> exactly, bro. Got to swerve, bro. So Yes, let's yeah. move on. Uh, that happened. <laughs> uh, we're, what we're talking about here is Stone Cold and The Undertaker. Uh, Austin's going to close the show with a promo. Uh, he's going to, you know, do his typical Austin stuff, call Shane and Taker SOBs for what happened at Over the Edge. Um, he's going to, he claims that Undertaker is, you know, chicken salad, uh, if you will, uh, <laughs> and is not going to give him a, uh, a rematch for the, uh, for the WWF championship. But, uh, Undertaker, Why would they bleep out salad? I don't know. That was weird. <laughs> Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) Undertaker Um, is going to interrupt, though, uh, from the video screen. Uh, He quotes the police here, which was interesting. He says that every step Austin (laughs) makes, every breath he takes, he feels. I see everything. I see every step you take. I feel every breath you take. Quite poetic. Uh... (laughs) Maybe he's just a big Puff Daddy fan. Maybe, you know, they did that 
the kind of ripoff after um the right. Joyce Big died. Maybe that yeah. was the maybe he's a big puff day. He is a post Malone fan nowadays. That's true. You know? Undertaker <laughs> loves hip hop, um, rap does. rock, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, Taker maybe not, doesn't have the best musical taste uh, from what we've seen. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the big deal here is that Undertaker says tomorrow night he will finally present Stone Cold as a sacrifice to the greater power and that right. the greater power will become Austin's lord and savior and guiding light. Yeah, and may... May we may he have mercy on your wretched soul, he says. Then he laughs maniacally, the evil <laughs> laugh, you know, the evil villain laugh. All he needs is a pet cat in his hand to pet. Exactly. Um, Austin responds saying that you could have my mind, my broken body, but you can't have my soul or my beer. And I'm going to put a boot up the backside and uh, drink beer all night long. So that's how he chooses to end this show, which I believe was taped the Tuesday, like two days after Owen's death. Like they uh, usually tape heat yeah. on Tuesday. So it's kind of, you know. It's only been two days, and they're getting back in the swing of things. But, yeah, you know, like you said, some stuff has been um, pushed back because they had to basically skip a whole episode of Raw. And so they're going to speed things up here as we get into this next episode of Raw, 314. Dude, that uh, quote from Austin sounds like that could be a country song right there. Yeah, well, it sounds a little Toby Keith. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like you said, this is 314, May 31st, 1999. And despite what Undertaker says... This is not going to be the episode where we find out who the right. higher power is, but it is apparently the episode where Stone Cold is going to find out who he is here. So the uh, Druids are going to return, uh, make their welcome yeah. return. <clears throat> oh, yeah, man. I'm always happy to see them. So they come out, the Druids. Uh, they These are a little bit better than um, yeah. the normal ones we get from Druids so. R.S. <laughs> yeah. They come out carrying the big old Undertaker symbol. Um, coming out with the corporate ministry, Bear is holding that title in his hands. He's got something to wrap his little fat hot dog fingers around. Now he's holding that title for <laughs> for Taker. So yeah, commentary keeps putting over how Taker's going to sacrifice Austin to the greater power or higher power, whatever they're going to call it. So um, King immediately says, hey, "I think it's Shane McMahon." So which cues you in that it's not going to be Shane. So exactly, it's a dead giveaway. So yeah. And then Shane goes on and he gloats about Taker winning the title. And like I said, Bear, he's got he's got something to do with his hands now. He's not like Ricky Bobby. He's either holding the title or he's holding the microphone for Taker. So Taker gets on the stick and says, you know, Austin, whether you want to accept it or not, the fact is I beat you up all over Kansas City. I'm the champion and you can't do anything about it. See, that was phase one and phase two now begins. And he basically just recaps the same promo he had the night before. So, Man, I'm excited. I, I love phase ten. That's one of my favorite card games, so I'm glad <laughs> we're starting to play game. that here through Undertaker's promo. <laughs> yeah, we only got eight more phases to go. That's so. right. That's all we got. Dude, uh, I will say, too, I, I, this is a taped show, obviously, but Shane McMahon is, gets nuclear heat uh, on this show and through a lot of yeah. these shows, man. He's getting the, uh, the uh, a-hole chants, just drowning him out constantly. It is... It's crazy, uh, big time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And to to contrast that, Vince comes out next to a pop, like a really good pop. And I don't know if it was sweetened in post production or what, but like according to Bruce Pritchard, they never did that. You yeah, know, on right. his podcast is they they 
Yeah, baloney, dude. You can watch some of the SmackDowns and see. Like, golly, man, you can tell the SmackDowns in the mid-2000s. They definitely sweetened the sound. But anyway, Vince comes out to a really good babyface pop at this point, you know. Um, I mean, it's not Austin Rock levels, but still. Yeah, solid. He's, you know, yeah. And uh, he says, you know, take her and Shane, I hope you enjoy your moment of basking in glory. That's all it's going to be. It's just a quick moment. So he says that. Taker screws Austin, screwed Austin for the title, and I'm, he's going to screw Taker, which gets a huge pop as well. You know, the crowd responds to that. They love the fact of Taker getting screwed out of the title. So, so to screw over Undertaker, Vince is going to have Stone Cold take on Undertaker for the WWF Championship tonight in the main event. And it, yeah. it, it is not that match that you guys are probably thinking about there. It's not the right. famous <laughs> match that they had on Raw, but uh, it's going to be a fun one here. So we're going to get to that one on next week's episode of the show, the highest-rated wrestling match in television history. Uh, This is not that one, uh, but hang tight. We'll get there. So Shane here doesn't want Undertaker to defend the title. Since he's the half-owner of the company, he says he's not going to allow Undertaker to put the title on the line against Stone Cold. Vince says that's fine. Stone Cold will beat him up anyway. So... Yeah, so Vince tells Taker it's going to be him versus um, them versus each other tonight. And then Shane says if Vince wins, then Austin, the Austin match will then be for the title. So basically, Taker's going to have two matches tonight. Um, if anybody in the back, like Austin or the union members, interfere in that match, then Austin's going to lose his title shot later on in the night. So, uh, and also, another thing is if Vince doesn't defeat Taker tonight, Austin will never, ever, ever, ever get another WWF title shot. So. You gotta have <laughs> you gotta have a notepad to keep track of all the stipulations that are going on. Yeah, well, clearly, all the different yeah, we matches. just got lost. Yeah, you and I both just got lost. I had a notepad, so. and I can't even keep track of all of it. Uh, yeah. but well, that's, know, that's not all though that happens. Here. That's not all that happens here. Uh, Stone Cold. I uh, hope he was paying attention and listening because he happened to be right there. Because as the corporate ministry are leaving and walking up the ramp, all of a sudden the glass shatters. One of the druids takes his hood off, and it's Stone Cold right there. He was there all along. He starts attacking the corporate ministry, but uh, this quickly proves to be a foolish plan as he gets swarmed by ten different guys. But <laughs> yeah. uh, thankfully, the union is in the back. Uh, they paid their union dues and are here tonight. Come out to <laughs> make the save, and we get a big old giant attitude era brawl to start the show off. Yeah, man, it's fun. Fun way to start a show. Definitely you know, hooks you in to see what's going to happen later on, get some stakes for the matches, you know, even though it's convoluted and you have to follow along and circle back around and take a left and take three lefts to go right. It's just like, but still, you know, it makes you, as a viewer back in 99, it makes you want to stay tuned, you know? So <laughs> the fun, funny segment is right, ne- right after this backstage, uh, Austin's basically yelling at the union and he just shoves Tess right on his butt. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's that all about? Not, he knocks the, the second biggest guy in the union over on his backside. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, great. Uh, we also see backstage Vince telling Pat and Gerald to stay out of his match with The Undertaker, that he wants to go it alone. And unfortunately, we also see backstage the debut of Harry Beaver Cleavage. Good heavens, brother. Good Lord. <laughs> Cover your drinks. So, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, thank God this is short. I think it dies out. This dies out by the time we get to King of the Ring, doesn't it? The story uh, I believe line. that's right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it does, yeah. So, um, yeah, we get to debut with that, so it doesn't last very long. So, um, 
so we see, um, like you said, we get Vince getting pumped for his match later on, and then for the match with Vince and Taker. So um, Taker and Paul Bear come out first, which I just thought was weird. Um, I would have been more intimidating to have Vince in the ring, I guess, and then see Taker walk out. But whatever. Uh, it is what it is. But I guess it does make sense because what's about to happen. So basically Taker's in the ring, and then Vince comes out. I don't think he has any music here, though, because he's still, right. you know, not with anybody but um he just runs in the ring and dives and taker just absolutely beats him up and i thought like man he did it with i was like don't tear your quads don't tear your quads <laughs> that's how he's done it before <laughs> well dude he made a beeline uh, vince made a beeline into that ring as if it were his night in there that he wanted to go after <laughs> that's what he was envisioning as he was going after iron taker but yeah like you said iron taker just absolutely dominates him uh, we see Stone Cold watching the action backstage on Oof. that iPad mini screen, basically. Uh, but it's so tiny. <laughs> uh, while the referee gets distracted by Paul Bearer, Vince goes for the great equalizer, the old Death Valley blow. Um, yeah, man. But Undertaker continues to overpower Vince. And uh, I will say, we haven't seen a ton of Vince McMahon wrestling. Uh, you know, he has had a, a couple matches at, up to this point, but. He's doing a great job of selling here. I mean, he's just yeah. <laughs> he as he should be. He's a fifty-year-old man getting beat up by the world champion. He's not a wrestler. He should act like he's getting the crap beat out of him, and he does. He does a great job of it. Yeah, he's probably what fifty-three, fifty-four here. So mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely should act like this. So yeah, he does a good job selling. So um, and then I think Undertaker kind of tosses the ref aside twice as he's choking Vince, and of course that leads to a disqualification because. Um, it's the attitude error. Who needs clean wins? So we got DQ, which means that was but, Vince's yeah. plan. He told the exactly. Stooges not to interfere. He's willing to <clears throat> to be beaten down by Undertaker and outsmart the Undertaker uh, to get that win over him. Technically, get the win so that Austin can get the title shot tonight. Psychology wise, um, definitely made sense. So, uh, but yeah. So then after that, we got um. Good job of them building up Austin and Taker throughout the night, kind of showing clips of them getting prepped backstage. And Austin tells Michael Cole that he doesn't need any any help from anybody to defeat Taker. He can do it by himself. So then we get another wonderful, beautiful debut of something else that's short-lived and has no pain. (laughs) (laughs) The debut, I believe, on this show of GDTV, which would eventually become GTV, these behind-the-scenes surveillance camera clips, and what's the first one that we get to see? Mark Henry taking a massive dumpski backstage. <laughs> what you doing? Pooping. There you go. That's all I could think about. There you go. It's Gary and Mike. So, Set you up oh, for that one. Man. Yeah, you did. So uh, Absolutely. Why didn't they show this in Mark Henry's <laughs> Hall of Fame video package, man? <laughs> Historic know. moment. Oh, it's PG now, man. PG. Oh, so. true. True. This was called GD TV. That's right. <laughs> but could you, did you think it was Gold Dust? I mean, come on. They changed it. To, I, I forgot it was GD TV the first yeah, week. Yeah, the first uh, week. Then they changed it to GTV. So, yeah. but um, I do want to mention this too. A little aside, just kind of a, a adjacent storyline to the Undertaker. The Acolytes win the tag team titles from Xbox and Kane on this episode because Shane helps them out with a chair. So, got some new gold in the corporate ministry. They got the world title and or their title and the tag titles now so good on that's right and they're going to get some more gold uh, as this build-up continues along too so we'll talk no, about that absolutely in a they are. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right. The main event of this show is the main event of our pay-per-view from a couple weeks ago. Undertaker and Stone Cold fighting again. Uh, Undertaker uh, comes out. He's wearing the Smoking Skull belt. And he Austin ends up going right after Undertaker just with a purpose, man. He goes crazy mm. on him. And honestly, I thought watching this, this <clears throat> might have been Taker and Austin's best match since the uh, 97 pay-per-view, Cold Day in Hell pay-per-view and this it it wasn't that long but they just had a sense of urgency here on this episode of raw that i just felt like we haven't seen on these other pay-per-views and the crowd is hot and invested into it and it's definitely better than the last couple times we've seen them on pay-per-view my opinion earlier this year or maybe in 98 i remember they had a match on raw i said i remember just because it's tv match it's faster pace it's a sense of urgency so same thing here like it's just really cool and very aggressive start and um this brawling, you know, typical them match, but like I said, a lot more faster paced. <clears throat> and um, getting toward the end there, we get um, we get Taker signaling for a tombstone. Austin reverses it, kicks to the gut, stunner, and man, when he hits that stunner, dude, that crowd blows the roof off because oh, they yeah. know they know he's about to win. You know, it was perfect, like psychology. And unfortunately, that's not going to do it because Paul Bear pulls the ref out of the ring, that weaselly little lardo. And <laughs> in comes the boss man who eats a big old stunner from Stone Cold. The rest of the corporate ministry come in to beat down Austin. And uh, the ref finally rings the bell for the disqualification. Uh, and that's all leading to Austin getting tied up in the ropes as the Undertaker busts out his Shakespeare pose for the first time we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, he does. And goes down on that one knee and blue lights or purple lights, whatever, depending on your um, contrasts on your laptop or TV, um, <laughs> it's blue, whatever, or your color blindness. They go, they come on and you get that. What's the, the Gregorian chanting or whatever that Latin chanting comes out and you got this cloaked figure. I guess it's like a maroon colored robe at mm -hmm. this point. Comes down, and of course, commentary is, who is it, who is it? And King knows it's Shane. So again, that's a dead ringer for, don't listen to me. Um, anytime they know it's somebody, it's definitely not them. So, Which apparently backstage, they had no idea who was going to be either. So we'll get into that <laughs> as we tackle next week's um, Raw. So yeah, so all the corporate ministry is on one knee, except for Hunter and Bossman, who were holding Austin in the ropes. So um, this is the greater power or the higher power. So he comes over and kind of gets down in Austin's face and reveals his face to him. And Austin looks up in disbelief and is angry and calls him an SOB and we go off the air that way. So we don't get to see who he is, but Austin gets to see who it is. So wouldn't he just yelled the person's name right then? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'm just kidding. But it's episodic <laughs> television. Makes you tune in for next week. See, yeah, it's a good who the heck tease. Who was that? You know, yeah, so it's a good, good that. little tease. They're gonna tease it out yeah. some more on Heat uh, a few days later <sighs> on June 6th, and really, that's you know, Austin did see who it is, but he's not gonna say who it is. That's the gist of all this on Heat. He uh, hands out stunners like they're going out of style to everybody backstage, everybody in the ring. He's just enraged over finding out who the greater power is, but he he basically tells uh, our old buddy Lucas that uh, since the greater power isn't in the building tonight, it doesn't matter who he is, and he'll get to him tomorrow night on Raw. Yep. <laughs> A.K.A. they still haven't figured out who it's going to be. 
<laughs> exactly. We don't know who it is yet, so we'll tell you on Monday. So, um, yeah, he stuns everybody inside. He even stuns Sergeant Slaughter twice. I love it. <laughs> he gets him twice in the main event. Even throws Tony Chimble in the ring as we go off the air, so I didn't get to see if he stunned him or not. So they don't have that extra attitude for heat on the network. But um, but anyway, it's pretty. It's a fun, you know, just little storyline there. It's always fun seeing Austin Hand out stunners like they're going out of business. So. Oh yeah. It's great. So he's giving like a 10 for one special. <laughs> Stunning folks left and right. So this brings us to the greater power reveal. This is Raw 315 on June 7th, 1999. This is the one we've been building toward for, what, four months now, right? Since like February? Yeah, you could say even longer since the Ministry of Darkness seeds were planted that night after Judgment Day in 1998. Yeah. I mean, that's all what all of this has been building up to. And this is, of course, one of the most famous, one of the most historic moments in Monday Night Raw history, maybe even in WWF history. Uh, it's what we're really here for. We're going to get to the match. And, of course, that's always the main event of our shows. But this is what I know, what we definitely want to talk about the most here today. Yeah. And just to take it back to trying to remember where we were back then in 1999. I, I was definitely online reading all the wrestling rumors back at this time. And, and, you know, obviously with a great mystery like this, the internet was running wild with speculation. Uh, I remember the common rumor back then was Ted DiBiase being the possibility for being the greater power. He's the, the almighty dollar, perhaps was the one controlling the Ministry of Darkness. I don't know what his contract situation with WCW at the time was, but a lot of people were speculating it might be him. Uh, we're gonna Vince McMahon notes in his promo in a little bit that maybe it's gonna be Jake the Snake. So I believe that <laughs> yeah. was rumored back then. That could have been kind of um, cool. Um, someone else. Yeah, that would have been neat. Yeah, uh, someone jumping over from WCW or ECW was obviously a very popular theory, mm-hmm. and then. We end up getting, of all people, Vince McMahon being the guy behind the curtain. Man, I it's it's quite the, it's quite the segment. Not did it to it. It was not what I was hoping for back then. Certainly, no, absolutely. Like in a, if you look at it in like just a bubble, it was a really fun. This is episode is really fun. I'm, I'm I'm ready to like break it down. It's, it's kind of fun to to go through and watch it again because I remember at the time I was excited for this who's like the anticipation was fun you know the reveal was like oh okay like that's fun I, I can go but then when you take a step back and you examine it you can drive a semi through the plot holes here so oh, we'll yes. break that down in just we're a going minute. to <laughs> yeah so um yeah I remember like just being like I said in a bubble it was like fun a fun like uh, what do they call them? Bottle episodes of like you know TV shows. Like it's yeah. fun, but um, in the greater scheme of things, it's like man, like literally, I could drive a tank, a Rusev Day tank, through the plot holes in the storyline. <laughs> so, yeah, if you just um, watch it in isolation, just that one segment, the way that Vince sells it, the way he reveals it, his line delivery. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's perfect. It's it's great as a YouTube video clip. Sure, but as the revelation to this months long storyline it it to me it's the laziest possible revelation the most head scratching frustrating possible revelation to all of this stuff that we've been so invested in so uh let's talk about let's talk about how it went down well absolutely and like 
even though, you know, kind of knowing from what we've talked about or we've heard on other people's podcasts, on I know Pritchard's show and stuff, he said that Christopher Daniels was supposed to have been this at one point, mm-hmm. you know, he was, I can't remember if he was in developmental or he just kind of like a local talent that was used a lot, but um, apparently they had him penciled in and then Vince saw him and was like, forget that. <laughs> like, so <laughs> um, just wasn't impressed. I mean, imagine what could have been with that. You know? Oh, how like, crazy that would that angel been? character. Yeah. It, it would have a put him on the friggin' map. Yeah. And then, like, B, it would have been, like, out of nowhere, but, like, you know, you were always excited for somebody new to debut or somebody to jump ship, even if you had no idea who they were. Like, nobody cared about Harry Cleavage or whatever his name was, but, like, <laughs> it was cool to see as, like, a new character. And, like, yeah. you know, and even even the, the undercard guys on WCW, like, new Lenny Lane, like, it was just cool to see new guys, like, you know, all the time. New yeah. guys getting pushes, so that was fun. I think it would have been a really, what a missed opportunity, man, to have Christopher Daniels be that. And, like, I mean, like you just said, that was at one point the plan and that just goes to show you that there wasn't really a real plan of how all right. of this was going to come about of who this mystery greater power was going to be revealed you can't go back and say it was always going to be this man all along this was something right. they scrambled no. with i guarantee you there were they were looking for some big surprise for for some big name to come through and they just couldn't make it happen they couldn't get anything satisfactory so it ends up being what we get and uh so yeah uh we're gonna have more to say as we as we tell you exactly how it happened here uh the show starts off with uh vince mcmahon coming out Uh, he comes out in his classic wrestling gear the black tank top the black jeans and says he wants to know, he wants to find out who the greater power is. It's been three months that we've been hearing about it. If he, if this greater power truly is more evil than the Undertaker, then he wants to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just read over the notes that said genetic jackhammer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's ripped it. It said, yeah, no, he um. Yeah, he wants to know who he is because this guy's been weaving a, a, a web this entire time. And he says if he's, like you said, more evil, he want, i got to meet him. And uh, some people speculate it's HBK. Somebody speculates it's the McMahon member. It's Jake the Snake, um, the bartender at the end of the block, he says. Um, what does it that be mean? Anybody, I didn't understand is, that reference. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. So he says he believes it's a McMahon member, so he challenges Shane to a no-holds-barred match tonight because he says, I'm going to put some stakes on this match. We're going to give up our both of our 50% ownership. Uh, and since it's a winner-takes-all match tonight. So Shane accepts the challenge and says he is definitely not the greater power or higher power, whatever. They switch back and forth. And, um, they he do. Taker's they bring interchangeably. <laughs> yeah. He says Taker's going to bring him out um, in a minute and reveal him. And, uh, yeah, so that's how we go. So Vince heads to the back to wait about what's going to happen next. So. Meanwhile, Stone Cold is backstage talking to someone in a limousine. Remember that. We'll come back to it later. As the uh, corporate ministry make their way out, Shane McMahon is conspicuous by his absence. And Mm -hmm. Paul Bearer is now holding the Blue Eagle WWE Championship. (laughs) No longer the Smoking Skull Belt. We've gone back to the title that was debuted the night after WrestleMania 14. So Undertaker has gotten that one back. Yeah, which is good to see because it was kind of weird having him wear the smoke and skull. Yeah, belt, so. yeah, you couldn't keep that going. After the break, like you said, they they come out um, and basically Taker saying, you know, for months I've prophesied about this power greater than the Lord of Darkness. Assembled my army for his arrival. 
The ministry and the corporation laid the groundwork, so non-believers prepare for the day of reckoning because it's at hand. Uh, all of us know he must become apparent. Um, excuse me, it must become apparent to you that he has now arrived. So, without further ado, I present to you the higher power. So again, they can't even get this freaking name right. It's nope. higher power, greater power. So we got that chanting. You got the cloaked figure coming out, and all the corporate ministry kneel in the ring except for Taker. So. Yeah, the uh, um, JR says that we first heard the Undertaker mention the greater power about three months ago, which is pretty close. It was really about four months ago back in February, but well, close enough. We'll give it to him. And like you said on the last episode of Raw, the announcers are just speculating that it's got to be Shane McMahon. It must be Shane McMahon, yeah. which you know, gives away that it's not Shane McMahon. And that honestly would have been an even bigger letdown than Vince to have a guy, oh, sure. the guy that's right next to Undertaker the whole time. Why would he... <laughs> Why would they do this whole big process to reveal that he's the greater power? Exactly. Um, the, a bit lame. The cloaked figure grabs a microphone from the Undertaker when we hear Shane's voice coming out saying, I told you I was not the greater power, but you refuse to believe me. And Shane makes his way out from the back at this point. He says the greater power is omniscient. Cold, calculated, a mastermind at screwing with people's minds, a master planner, a master on human psychology. He knows our fears and our strengths and our weaknesses and exploits them. And Shane says he needs one more witness before he reveals the greater power and calls out his father. Yeah, and you get Vince on the Titantron here saying, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm close enough by being backstage. And uh, he demands that the greater power show his face right this second. And um, the the demonic the figure needs to show, reveal himself right now, and so we get that we get the greater power pulls his hood back to like we said reveal Vince himself, and he's got that grin on his face. I mean, it's a classic you know uh, oh, meme yeah. or all online. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Damn, I cannot believe he's. You all bought it. You all bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. You all bought it. They did. Even my family. Even my immediate family bought it. Um, it's it's good Vince stuff, man. Like right there. You can't forget His Jr. Acting. Immediately after. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part of it, right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man oh. one of jr's oh, best lines right there uh and then oh yeah yeah vince i mean his promo here it, it is fantastic I, I you know i can't yeah. make any argument against that like like you say even my immediate family bought it you all are <laughs> yeah. fools um it, but and here's where it's gonna all start to fall apart though is the logic in all of this uh, vince is saying that he came up, concocted this plan to fool Stone Cold Steve Austin, to teach him a lesson he would never forget, that there was no price he would not pay, no depth he would not stoop to make Stone Cold's life on Earth a complete, total, living hell. And Basically, all of this, this entire plan, is all to get the World Wrestling Federation Championship off of Stone Cold Steve Austin, this whole greater power plan. So, yeah. So, 
let's go back. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's rewind the clock real let's quick. Let rewind. me nitpick. Yeah. So if Vince was the greater power all along, he did this to keep a title off Austin. Why would he have to go to these ridiculous lengths? Like why? Because at the time of this started in the fall, um, the Rock was the champion, or even in the winter, he and Mankind had traded the championship back and forth. So the Rock was his his corporate champion already, right? Yeah, if you trace the the greater power back all the way to the beginning of the Ministry of Darkness, which we have yes. to believe would logically be the beginning, that right. would be when the when the title was vacant. <laughs> there was no chance. The, the title was already off of Austin at that point. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, like you said, it, it's going to lead to The Rock becoming the champion. Who was Vince's hand-picked corporate champion? He should be pretty happy with things at that point. Like, yeah, the Deadly Games tournament. And then, so you're going to let Taker have the ministry, have him feud with your corporation, have him hang, hang a member of your roster from the ceiling. It, it just doesn't make any sense. you know. And like I said, it makes some good TV. It's interesting. It's fun. But, man, like I said, we're just nailing these plot holes, man. But not only that, Vince's plan to get – even with Stone Cold or to get him back involves going back in February to start physically assaulting his daughter Stephanie, sending allowing Undertaker to send her <laughs> disturbing <laughs> pictures of himself and, uh. and, and allow all of this to happen in order to screw over Stone Cold Steve Austin, who wasn't even involved in anything <laughs> involving the Ministry of Darkness until Backlash, until April. Exactly. All of that happened at WrestleMania and, and in February. None of that had anything to do with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but it's all just supposed to be setting the table to draw him in somehow, all of this. And, and in the midst yeah. of all this, what, what, what was the finish at, uh, at, at Backlash? Backlash? Yeah, what, what was, was the finish of that match? Uh, was that the Shane counting the pinfall? No, with with uh, Austin versus Rock, where uh, oh, where Vince oh. helped Austin win. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince helps him win. Yeah, absolutely. Vince helps Austin retain the yeah. title as a part of his plot to get the title off of Austin. Yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense, man. I just golly. This just me so frustrated to think about, man. Like it's just so insulting to a viewer that's been following this as religiously as we had at the time. <laughs> so, Correct um, me if I'm wrong, but didn't just a couple years ago Vince want to assert his power over someone, and he just went ahead and just screwed them over in a match? Yeah, exactly, Bret Hart. <laughs> Bret Hart, exactly. and then in kayfabe, he did it to Mankind. Too. Like, why not just exactly. do that with Austin? Why not just do a screw job? Why torture your daughter and your family for three months? Uh, he did say there's no nothing he wouldn't stoop to, no no depth he would not stoop to. But you're right, it makes no sense. That's why you can tell they just put this together at the last second as far as Vince being the actual mm. writer power. So it is just out of control. And as we get into the next thing, because this is not even the segment's not even over yet. Yeah. So. As we get into this, like, I just want to mention, like, you can tell they had to speed up crap because this should have been this should have been the reveal at the end of an episode, probably, mm. overall. And then what's going to happen next should have probably been the beginning of the next week's Raw or something. But they have to cram it all in here to this one week of Raw, 
And it's just you don't so you don't even get to let this sit in and sink in that like right. Vince is the greater power. It's like it's just boom, on to the next piece of the puzzle here. Because yeah. next well, okay, guess again, what? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense either. Sure. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. So, so yeah, we got the, the greater power reveal. It's Vince again, and he does he does his due diligence. He thanks the corporate ministry. He thanks everyone: Taker, Helmsley, Bossman, Midian, China, and everyone else. So, but just then, just then, Stephanie and Linda come out on the stage, and Stephanie's like, "How could you be so cruel to me?" She's a horrible actress. Oh man, at this point, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, brutal. And so Vince is like, "It's just business. Got nothing to do with love." And so, which is horrifyingly rude as a dad to say to your daughter or your wife. And so Linda's like, yeah, well, let's talk business then. Uh, she, Vince is like, I love you. And she's like, yeah, but love has nothing to do with business, which gets a huge crowd pop, which is kind of neat to see that. And um, she says, Vince has been lying about owning 50% of the company. There's four of us, but man, so we all own equal shares. He didn't start this by himself, build it by himself. You know, we've all got 25%, so... This morning, there was a meeting of the board directors, and we made some changes. Dress code's going to be a little less formal. Cut-off jeans, which Austin never wore cut-off jeans. <laughs> he just wore shorts. Yeah, <laughs> he just wore shorts. Come on. So, um, yeah, profanity is now okay. A little drinking on the job is okay. So what all this means is earlier today, I stepped down as CEO, and I named a new CEO, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I will say – the crowd buys this and loves it so much, man. So good on them for that. Absolutely. But and Stone Cold looks hilarious as he comes out in his Austin <laughs> baseball jersey and a and a red tie power tie yeah. on. Uh, it's it's great. But it yes, what? <laughs> what? Why? So, well, here's my thing. I think because again the Owen Hart thing, they had to push things back. So I think on Heat when he was when Austin. Okay, so I think that Austin, he found out last week on Raw, right, the Greater Powers Vance. I think in between that week and this week, we were supposed to have assumed, which wasn't laid out for us, that he spoke to Linda. Because that's why at the beginning of this episode of Raw, you see him talking to the white limousine. I assume there was some storyline left, you know, left out in the air there that maybe he talked to her within this last week, and that's how they got this sorted out. But, like, they never spell that out for you, you know, like – they don't bring that up or anything, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> well, I am really glad that you caught that because I <laughs> I did not. I didn't put those two things together, and they didn't spell those things out. But that actually that answers some of my questions no. for uh, how did Linda know and why did she she call that meeting? That makes sense, and that would have been nice for them to actually you know lay that out there. It's you know it, yeah. There is one thing for subtlety, but also. Sometimes you need to explain your plot holes, and thank you for doing what they did not do. Uh, well, you're welcome. I, that's just me grasping a straw, no, that assuming sense, that's actually. what happened. Yeah. It makes sense to me. But again, we talked about Vince not being subtle. This would have been a perfect time to not be subtle and just spell out, hey, or even on commentary, to say, oh, that explains why Austin, you know, he, he found out last week, he went to Linda, and that's why we saw him at the beginning of the night. But they never mentioned that. But I just, again, I'm trying to make it make sense. <laughs> It does. Uh, I mean, it, that part makes a little more sense now. So Stone Cold is the new CEO, and he says as the CEO, he's going to grant himself a WWF championship rematch in the immediate certainly. future at a date to be determined <laughs> later. Absolutely. But, yeah. but not at the next pay-per-view, because at the next pay-per-view, King of the Ring, 
he wants to face off against Vince and Shane in a handicap match and get some revenge. So then Austin gets his clipboard out, makes a bunch of matches for Raw tonight. And I will say, I, you know, I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. God bless him. But him him trying to be on script and, like, go through yeah. all these matches, that's not his strong suit. Oh, like, no. He stumbles over some of his words and is kind of struggling in this promo, which is weird to see. Usually it's just great to see him off the cuff, ranting and raving. But him trying to get through all the matches on an episode of Raw is, is not not his strong suit here. Well, yeah, and you got to play to their strengths and, you know, hide their weaknesses. And that's definitely, yeah, he's better just unhinged and unchained and let him go. So, yeah, but luckily we don't have to deal with much of that in the next couple of weeks. He just kind of gets it done. But um, he makes some matches. And I, I do love Vince's um, uh, response when he ch- Austin challenges him to King of the Ring. He's like, you're on, pal. Two McMahons can take on one Austin any day of the week. So I just, I love the word pal. I love it. I use it in my everyday life nowadays. Oh, yeah. It's all thanks to Vince. So, but um, so and one de- thing he does say is that the union members can have a match with anybody they want. And mm-hmm. That'll come into play later on this episode. Again, we are still talking about this episode of Raw, and this has been over thirty minutes of actual Monday Night Raw airtime. Um, probably around forty minutes with commercials. 30, 38, 40 minutes. So with no, no wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. This has been no wrestling, just storyline advancement payoffs to a month-long build and again the payoff is not as great as we kind of hope but um again you still got this 30 minutes of airtime like you will never see that again um never ever so no and um, it's or if you do people would crap on it so I, i'm not sure exactly but i think that might be a record for the longest probably ever gone on a show without uh, the beginning of a sh- of a wrestling show without getting any wrestling as far as monday night raw sure. goes it's got to be yeah. close and it's really you know, it's it's the summation of something we've kind of been seeing ever since the whole Kane storyline started a couple years ago. It's that the main focus of the stories no longer really take place during matches. It takes place right. in segments like this. This what the story told during a match is still important, but it's almost like it's no longer the main part of the story. It takes place in these big, long, long drawn out interview segments so we're gonna see even more of them uh, out here too it's gonna continue to happen but it's a huge shift from when we started this podcast oh yeah absolutely it is and um speaking of interview segments over on money nitro this night um at the beginning when nitro is unopposed um bischoff says oh yeah over on raw you're gonna find out the greater power and his initials are vkm or something like that so well it's going to be exciting no no doubt about it but you know, I do know for a fact we are going to have one heck of a Nitro here tonight. By the way, on a competition, the guy under the hood, I can't mention his name, but the initials are VM. Mick, Mick something that's or other. It. Hey, I hate to blow it for anybody, but it's, that's it. That's all it is? I just keep rehashing that same old crap over and over again. But anyway. I, uh, I forgot that happened, but I was doing, and doing my research. I uh, found that out, so I forgot that at the time. But, um, yeah, he... You know, he, he loved giving away spoilers, and that was a taped episode. Kind of weird that this big reveal was a taped episode, you know? But again, yeah. it's just that, that timing was all off because of what happened with Owen, you know? And it's so. you're trying to bring down the juggernaut of the WWE at this point, oh, yeah. WWF, and couldn't quite do it. <laughs> Nothing could yeah. stop the momentum that the WWF had. But you know who could be stopped uh, his momentum was The Undertaker because he is in the background of this entire segment, man. The WWF yeah. champion, the focus of this podcast, he's just standing there. Uh, once that greater power is revealed and 
the focus is on Austin and McMahon. That mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the champion. He's part of this, just lost in the crowd of this corporate ministry that he's supposed to be the leader of and just not doing anything. doesn't matter. He, it didn't even matter for him to be out there for this whole thing. And, dude, this literally just popped in my head right now. So this is like when you got in The Phantom Menace, you got Darth Maul, who's the coolest part of the whole movie, and all of a sudden he like gets cast aside at the end and everyone's ticked because – He's the coolest character in there, and everything kind of revolved around him. And then the storyline is about the old Palpatine Emperor and the, the Jedi. It's like, come on, man. He was the coolest. Now he's just kind of kicked to the background. Same thing here, man. You got the, the Emperor revealed basically as Vince McMahon, and you know his his henchman is is um, Austin – or excuse me, wow, Taker, who's been doing his dirty work for months and months and months, and all of a sudden he just cast to the side. But he's a Coolest part, the coolest character in the freaking ring is Undertaker, despite his eyebrow ring and his sacrificing people and <laughs> sending sending uh, uh, questionable pictures to young girls and stuff. He's still – he's getting away from that a little bit. So. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. what, was this happening right at the same time as Phantom Menace? When, when did Phantom Menace come out? Dude, what? It came out May, it came May 99. It did. Came out in May of '99. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's not in our notes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, none of that was in our notes. <laughs> oh, look at that. See, we don't need notes. Like Parallel Austin. stories <laughs> right here. How about that? How about it? Well, that does it for that, folks. We, we'd love to hear your input on the Greater Power reveal. Were you watching it back then? What did you think of it? What are some of the other plot holes that we missed? Can you try to make sense and try to yeah. try to piece all of this together? Let us know on social media, at Talking Taker, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. We want to hear from you about that. Uh, let's plug through some of this. You know, That's the meat of this storyline, but we haven't even begun what? to talk about who the Undertaker is facing at King of the Rings. Um, exactly. You might think from the rest of this episode of Raw that it would be the big show. <laughs> because, like you said, Travis, the Union are going to get free passes by Stone Cold to pick their opponent tonight, and Big Show's going to pick the Undertaker if you'll remember from uh, a previous episode, the Undertaker slugged Big Show with a with a baseball bat a couple weeks ago, and Big Show remembers. Says you want to play hardball, Taker uh, Slugger, you're gonna get your wish, and he's gonna face Undertaker in a world title match tonight. Uh, and also, Shamrock's gonna get a match with the Greater Power himself, Vince McMahon. In a Lions yeah. Den match. So Shamrock was manipulated by Vince for all those months as well. So yeah. he remembers all that, and he's going to get a match with Vince. And Test's match is going to be a date with Stephanie McMahon. So here we go with that whole storyline. Yeah, he's. it's funny because Steph comes out and Test asks her out, and you see uh, he's, she's like, uh, Vince and Shane won't like him dating a wrestler. And it's just funny to see them. They're like disgusted backstage, but... You know, and a hilarious bit of irony enter Triple H in oh, real yeah. life. So it's just well, it's so funny. It came so. about because of them being put together in this storyline. Yeah. So worked themselves a, into a shoot. Exactly, man. As Austin likes to say. So um we get that this cast match that I think Trip uh Austin had made earlier when he was making matches and it's uh Triple H against The Rock, and Triple H has his entire leg in a cast, basically. Yes. <laughs> it's so stupid. Not and a casket so... match, a cast match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like fishing. They're not like fishing to see who can have the bigger <laughs> right. cast or anything. It's not the, the perfect bridge. cast. 
Exactly. Um, so this match is not much because Taker interferes and choke slams the rock. Then he tombstones him on a chair and Big Show comes out for the save and Taker retreats. So again, completely unprovoked. Taker interferes to take out the rock because we got to start a storyline somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> exactly. Uh, Vince is actually able to defeat Ken Shamrock in the Lions Den match because. Can you repeat that? Uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> defeated Ken Shamrock in a Lions Den match. Uh, okay. He locked himself in the Lions Den before Shamrock could get in. And then Jeff freaking Jarrett, of all people, knocked out Shamrock with a chair. Not a guitar, but a chair. Nope. Uh, to allow Vince to put the ankle lock on Shamrock to win via submission. And then the main event is Show and Taker for the title, which is actually has a pretty cool, memorable spot in here as well. Yeah, it does. I completely blocked this out of my mind. I forgot. I, mean, I, knew, I know this episode with the, the Greater Power reveal. I remember watching the first half hour like it was, you know... I, like this never gonna be shown again and i just remember all that but i forgot the ending of this match so um and apparently it wasn't that big a deal either because they're not going to sell it too well so we get show versus taker and um taker takes a, a page out of chris jericho's book and starts wrestling with a title around his waist which i always appreciate <laughs> Jer- jericho always did that on nitro so it was good so um big show basically starts to manhandle him during this match he's getting some good uh you know Good heat on Taker, and Taker has to resort to using a chair, which I guess the ref doesn't see, and comes off the top rope and show catches him by the throat and then lifts him up just like he said he was going to do and choke slams him through the ring. Yeah, so, really cool spot. Yeah. It's probably the first time I believe we've ever seen anything like that in the WWF, any kind of spot where they destroyed the ring like that. Obviously, done it a number of times nowadays with Brock Lesnar and then. Mark Henry, Big Show, where they've collapsed the ring and, and done some other stuff like that. We've had people come up through the ring, but I don't think we've ever right. seen somebody go through the ring that way as well. Right. So pretty cool visual there. Yeah, I mean, they've done it in ECW a couple times with Bam Bam yeah, and Taz not and WWF, stuff. But yeah, 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 no, you're right, man. The WWF has taken it, and, you know, of course, they're a bigger stage anyway. So anything that any company does, and WWF does it, it's automatically going to be. The first time it's ever been done, so it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, it was really cool, man. But I guess the match is thrown out, and it's like so. The corporate ministry comes out, and they get choke slammed by Big Show. But Taker just hops up out of the <laughs> hole and walks up the ramp. Like he no sells it. I, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It it was disappointing to see that. I, so. I I don't know this. I didn't read anything about it, but it almost feels like, and especially the way the Big Show is going to be booked for the next few weeks. Like, there was some heat on Big Show or something. Like, Taker didn't like something that happened in the match or something. Because that doesn't seem like Taker either. It doesn't seem like he'd be somebody to just no-sell a big spot like that. Like, you can imagine if the roles were reversed. If if somebody yeah. no-sold Undertaker, choke slamming them through the ring. Wow. How pissed he would be about something like that. How unprofessional that would seem. But it was just weird. You would think getting chosen him through the ring, he would, you know, stay under the ring for the rest of the show. Yeah. But, just gets up and walks to the back and i don't know man it, it was yeah it was, it was weird um well i know i've big show's been on austin's podcast several times and every time they talk about how how much he struggled when he came in and he talks about how austin used to just light him up at house shows and beat the crap out of him just to kind of teach him something and he talks about taker did the same thing he said taker took me under his wing and tried to teach me and 
you know, you got to chill out, boy, and you got to calm down. And you got to, you know, you're a big man, but you got to work like this and this. So I wonder if, like you said, I mean, I wonder if that has anything to it, you know, if they actually had some heat here. Because, I mean, Show's still young, man. Oh, like, very He's young. only, what, yeah. 27 or something here? Like, he's a young kid still. So, I don't know. Could be it, honestly. It could be, and, and I don't know. It felt like to me we were really setting up for a big show Undertaker match at King of the Raid, <laughs> but yeah. not quite uh, as uh, we're going to head in. There's nothing really on heat the next whoa, Sunday. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's that? Yes, there is. What's that? There's the debut of Too Cool. Oh, excuse me. There you go. It is. It looks like. It looks like a promo from beginner class at NXT. It is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life, man. Yeah, moving on. That, the, but we do love Too Cool. We do have a great spot in our heart for them. We do. Uh, but um, yeah, their debut was not setting the world on fire. <laughs> so they do have a boombox though, so that's cool. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> Too cool. <laughs> Thank you. So how fitting is this, man? Uh, next episode oh. of Raw is on June 14th, 99. It's Raw episode 316. And how perfect that this is going to be littered all throughout the show with these skits of Stone Cold, his first day on the job as CEO at Titan Towers. Uh, just a great coincidence that's on yeah, Raw man. episode 316. It is. I just thought that was cool too. We both noted that. You know, it's kind of funny, but and man, I just gotta say something real quick, boss. And he is so freaking hilarious, man. This subtle humor he has, and these these little vignettes, and him answering the phone, and the lady answering the phone the way he tells him how to. Like, it's just man, it's just good. He's got such good like like when he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's oh, so yeah. funny, man. He's got even back because he really shined in two thousand one with the Kurt Angle yeah. stuff. But like even back here. He's hilarious, man. He's got like three of Vince's secretaries, and yeah. they all tell him what job they do. And yeah. he's like, mm, "Why don't you go get me a beer?" Uh, the first yeah. one, and the second one, he's like, mm, "Why don't you go get me another beer?" And then the third one says, "You want me to get you a beer?" He says, "No, nah, it's probably too much for the morning. Why don't you get me a, a shot of Jameson?" Yeah, <laughs> all these little things like that. It's just hilarious, man. So, uh, anyway, so of course we're gonna open up this raw. Properly after these vignettes, and of course, corporate ministry has to make their way out to the ring. Of so, course. again, uh, Vince has just got nuclear, nuclear heat here, man. And um, he goes on and saying that you know, um, the three months of planning is supposed to be revealed last week, but now Austin he came in as CEO a, uh, and his, he ruined uh, it. He called it his Machiavellian plan. <laughs> he had like eleven L's in there. <laughs> One of his favorite words, and he couldn't say it. Mockley of El Elliot. It sounds like a Star Wars planet. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he can't get that word out properly. So, um, but yeah, he's, you know, it's it was supposed to be revealed last week. And then Austin, as a CEO, ruined it and kind of took his thunder and goes on to make some crazy stipulations for the rest of the night. You know, talking about what match you're going to have with Steve at um, King of the Ring. He says, you know, we'll try some matches out here to see what we're going to have. So, we're going to try a dog pound match. And a David versus Goliath match, and a handicap match, a straight jacket match, and a blindfold match. Um, yeah, Dude, it's you, yeah. you. You figured it out earlier. The uh, you put together that plot with Austin getting power from Linda. Can you put this together for me? What is the rhyme or the reason as to who is allowed to make matches and why or when? Because I, I, I get Vince and Shane have half the power. And then Austin is the CEO, and apparently Stephanie has 25% power, too. Like, 
Who who's and also in charge? HBK. And HBK is the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Like, can uh, you tell me who's in charge and who gets to make what matches and why? Because I can't figure it out. Well, so I sat down to think about this too, and I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Oh, I got nothing. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason as to who can make this and who can make what, and it's just. Well, I guess they're making this because Austin's at the at the Titan Towers. Is he at Titan Towers, or yeah. is that just earlier today? I don't know, but yeah, yeah I'll buy right. that. There's no no rhyme or reason as to who can make matches here, so uh, doesn't make sense. They had no constable. They needed constable back then. Don't don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> edit that edit that off. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, the guy that could have been a constable, Pat Patterson, comes out along with Gerald Briscoe. Uh, I got a better, better guy. Constable. <laughs> constable Patterson. Uh, Pat, uh, Shawn Michaels. Pat gives Vince the business, man, about putting Stephanie, oh, yeah. who apparently is Pat's godchild, through such an ordeal. And so Vince Man makes the most random match I've ever heard in my life. <sighs> Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe versus Vince McMahon and Viscera later in the night. I mean, I just got I mean, three of those guys are over fifty, <laughs> <laughs> and then Viscera is in a, That's a real match. trash, a black trash bag. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! And so um, they talk about their handicap match with Austin at King of the Ring, and again, man, Taker has just disappeared into the background of this. Yes. It's ridiculous. We have no clue who he's facing. Again, we've got this feud with Austin going on. we got the feud with Brett. I mean, uh, Brett. Big Show going on. We're going to we started a feud with Rock last week. We're going to get a, n- a new feud starting up here soon. Like, it is just, man, poor Look, guy. Obviously, <laughs> the Owen Hart tragedy wrecked a lot of plans, and that's completely forgivable and understandable. Sure. But it's ridiculous. Two weeks sure. from the pay-per-view, and... The world champion has. We have no idea what's going on with him, but nope. Ah, man, that, that's frustrating. But you know, what was great was after this segment, we get a commercial with The Rock <laughs> for Chef Boyardee with the song "Getting Chefy with It." I totally forgot about this until it came on. <laughs> I was watching. I, can't, I lost my I can't, mind. I can't, I'm losing my mind right now. Don't be a jabroni. Eat your ravioli. <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme. This is it's so bad. The next time The Rock's on Jimmy Fallon or something, Jimmy Fallon needs to pull this commercial out oh, yeah. and show it to The Rock. Yeah. It's that yeah. level of ridiculous. It's <laughs> so amazing. Uh, oh, getting Sheffy with it. So good, man. Maybe that's why Undertaker uh, decided to give him a tombstone because he saw that commercial. <laughs> could be. Him. Could be. So, yeah, man. Speaking of rock, he comes out. Um, he, he's over like nobody's business, man. Like, I just forgot how red hot he was. Like, he's like almost on par with Austin here. I mean, it is incredible yeah, to see two guys of that magnitude on the same roster at the same time. Yeah. Like it's just you're you're never gonna get that again. So, but he tells Taker that last week he checked himself directly into the SmackDown hotel. If you want to impress The Rock, because uh, his tattoos don't impress him, he says, "Come to King of Ring and put your title on the line." And he's got more verbal jabs until Taker finally comes out to respond. So here we are, finally two weeks before the show. We're building toward this, finally getting a match here. So 
Taker comes out and starts it off really good here. Yeah, the gist of what Undertaker's saying here is he's the veteran, he's the man, and The Rock is this young buck, basically, if you will. He he tells him, young man, sing a long time is over. And then Undertaker says something (laughs) interesting that apparently... What you fail to realize, boy, is I've crippled more people than polio. (laughs) That's a catchphrase that didn't quite catch on right there. See that on the (laughs) t-shirt? Good Lord, man. Yeah, I just wrote yikes. Yikes, man. Crippled more people than polio. Like, what did that have to do with anything? I don't know. It's not a thing that Rock's dad is like, fighting with or no one's mentioned polio like FDR's not in the news like there's I don't know what's the deal it's just like boy I've crippled more people than polio <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so he tells him it's time to get under the learning tree and at King of the Ring I accept so that's the gist of it so yeah man but, uh Vince and Shane are are out to stop all this madness uh, they're not gonna let yep. Undertaker and Rock make this match on their own Vince asks why Rock is worthy of being number one contender, which is something I want to know, too. <laughs> why? He hasn't done anything to earn this match, uh, although he is super over. Got to give him that. So sure. Vince says he's going to make a non-title match tonight between Rock and Undertaker, and Rock must win that to get the title shot at King of the Ring. And I, that kind of caught me off guard. I didn't think they – it bugs me when they do matches like that all the time nowadays, and I didn't realize they did it so much back then. Well, and I'll say this too, man. As a follower of Russo's like brand, and I listen to a lot of his shows and stuff, he he rips him, rips the current product all the time for doing mm. crap like that. You know, all the time. And like, dude, you wrote this crap right here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So you know, I will say again, I, I I love the guy. He's great. He's hilarious. His shtick is what it is. You got to know what he's talking about. Don't take him too seriously. But yeah, he rips it all the time about how they have these un, you know non-title matches to qualify for a title match. But here it is, man. Like. Some lazy writing here. <laughs> but Yeah, it is. But there's gonna be another stipulation added to this match, of course. Five minutes prior to the match is gonna be another stipulation. And um yeah, so Yeah, that's what Shane says as the uh promo's ending and that stipulation we're gonna find out is that the match between Undertaker and Rock is actually gonna be a triple threat match with Undertaker, Rock, and Triple H in there. And Here's the time, Travis. You've mentioned this with a couple of these triple threat matches where two guys are trying to get the belt off of Austin, but uh, maybe they can't. You, know, you, you you said, well, why don't they just pin each other? Why don't they just do right. something like that? And I guess the logic would be they have too much pride. They, they, both of them want the title so bad they can't decide who's going to lay down. But this is the situation right here. Why not let... Why wouldn't Triple H or Undertaker just lay down for each other immediately right here right. to stop Rock from getting the title shot? The title's not going to exactly. change hands here. Why not just yes. do that? But instead, they just have a really long handicap brawl all around ringside, up on the stage, and all this stuff. This didn't make any sense to me. No, it's it's. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because, in fact, the episode of uh, something to wrestle that drops today should have. Hopefully, he'll ask my question because I asked him that about the breakdown show. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I asked him. Asked um, on on Facebook, so we'll see if they answer that. But yeah, this is the perfect time. You're right. Like, all they had to do was throw Rock out of the ring, pin each other, and then Rock doesn't get a title shot. And then Hunter, they could have given one to Hunter or something. Who knows? Right. Like, 
could have because that's where the storyline's headed anyways <laughs> like, like it would have been a lot easier but um so yeah like you said we got a good um you know attitude era brawl outside and basically the end of it is there's miscommunication because china accidentally trips taker she thinks it's, it's rock and she trips him rock or taker grabs her by the throat which is unsettling to see and hunter grabs him by the hair taker hits the apron stunner onto him and which follows right into a rock bottom and rock pins triple h and taker can't come in and save the pinfall so that's it. So Rock has won his chance to get a title shot at King of the Ring, and Taker and Triple H are going to brawl as the corporate ministry come out to break them up as commentary continues to say that the corporate ministry is disintegrating. But again, so now we've got Taker feuding with Triple H, The Rock, The Big Show, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So. Yes. And, and this whole, all the storylines are just barreling straight ahead at 90 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> just have the corporate ministry at their height, and they are already falling apart here. Uh, yep. a, a week later it's it's breakneck yeah. speed here uh, it's going to continue on on heat 6 2099 episode 47 uh all, this whole show is going to be building up again all this tension between the two leaders really the two cornerstones of the corporation triple h and undertaker uh triple h has a promo with jr saying he's focused on the title and uh, regardless of who's the champion at King of the Ring, he wants to face them. And no one's going to stop him, and no one alive or dead. A little threat there Which, to yeah. his boy, The Undertaker. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Again, we're gonna. it's funny how that's 99, and we're going to see it again. We keep saying we're going to see it in October. I guess when this episode drops, it'll be uh, the next, day. next week. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, next week. Or next so, week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, next week. So anyway, um, yeah, we got Bear and the Emperor Taker arrive backstage, and we see them walking around later, and we're told that Vince and Shane are back home trying to mend things with Stephanie and Linda. So that makes a little bit of sense as to why the corporate ministry continues to disintegrate here, because their head honchos aren't here to um, hold things together. So um emperor taker comes out for an in-ring interview with jr and jr asks him <laughs> he says and i'm just wondering sir if you do indeed smell what the rock is cooking that's <laughs> 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 uh, unprofessional JR. dude you know investigative <laughs> journalist michael cole would never ask such a never. foolish question never never so um and yeah, huge Rocky chance, man. The crowd is just loving him. Like I said, he's just super over. And Taker tells JR to watch his mouth, which I love. So he's like, watch your mouth, boy. So he tells him that these uneducated people have been mesmerized by this young man's wit. And the keyword there is young man. So, which again, Rock is what, 27? 20, I think, at this yeah. age. So, um, says Rock can talk, but he hasn't had any scars. Like, he hasn't been through any wars like Taker has. So. Tells him that he's young, you have talent, but that's where it stops. He said, Boy, I'm taking you to the learning tree, and it stops when you look up to the eyes of death, and you will know my name is the Lord of Darkness. So, still sprinkling in that Lord of Darkness stuff, but kind of getting away from it a little bit. It's not quite as ominous. I mean, he's, he's got the Emperor cloak on, but I don't know. He's not putting over that Lord of Darkness stuff quite as much. He's getting a little bit less theatrical with his promo, in my opinion. I don't know what, how you feel about it, but. Yeah, I definitely noticed that as well here, as JR also says he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't ask Undertaker about the dissension between him and Triple H, and that <laughs> yeah. you know, Undertaker's going to you know pull like a Darth Vader here, and he's going to choke out JR for asking that question, and warns him not to overstep his boundaries <laughs> or disrespect the Lord of Darkness, so obviously he Undertaker's upset about this tension as well. 
Uh, we see sure. Triple H in China watching this interview backstage, and Triple H seems pleased that he's in the Undertaker's head. And then it's all going to come to blows here at the main event of Heat after China beats <sighs> Billy Gunn. Uh, yep. You know, five star classic right there. Uh, <laughs> Undertaker comes out to attack Triple H, and they have a big brawl. And uh, I, I do say, I, I do have to say, it gets the crowd into it, man. They're uh, they're excited to see these two yep. heels battle it out, and they uh, get a big pop uh, to see the dissension in the ranks of the corporate ministry. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It's I mean, it's always fun to see that, you know. And um, when you care about the characters, which again, Hunter's been getting himself over here recently, been more vicious and. You know, definitely in line for a push, you can tell. And he gets a Death Valley shot from Hunter. Uh, Taker does, excuse me. Hunter goes low, blows him, and then um, the rest of the ministry. But Cole says that, literally a quote from him, says, these are the two most important members of the corporate ministry. So what about Vince? What about uh, Shane? (laughs) Anyway. What about um, Midian? What about me? What about Raven? What about um, Pete Gass? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they they came back last week, didn't they? So. Yeah, one of these shows. Yeah, they were supposed to be retired yeah. by uh, Pat Patterson and Joe Briscoe, but they just yep. show back up one of these weeks. Yep. No explanation. Okay. Good lord. Let's. We gotta get to, <laughs> let's get to the go to home show. So. Yeah. Raw three seventeen, yeah. June twenty first, ninety nine. Uh, go home show for King of the Ring, and we're gonna pick right back up where we left off. Triple H in China. Triple H. You know, in- <laughs> A big feud going into King of the Ring. Triple oh, yeah. H and, and Triple H and Undertaker. Yeah. Taker. Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, uh, Triple H is in his gear. He calls out Undertaker for his for a fight. And man, Undertaker wastes no time responding. Nope. He heads out to the ring. Yeah, he does. And the crowd pops for Triple H and China and for Taker. You know? So it's kinda cool to see there and get so out and separates him. <clears throat> says this no no no, this is what people want. This is what Austin wants, what Rock wants. Um so HBK then reappears, and somehow he makes matches for tonight. So um, he's making Taker versus Triple H tonight. So, yeah, this segment goes uh, on and on and on. Stone Cold interrupts. Uh, yeah. Sean actually comes out through the Brood's entrance on stage. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Stooges come mm. out at one point. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the gist of it for us on this podcast is Undertaker is going to defend the title against Triple H later on in the show. Um but then we go backstage for the, the highlight and, of this episode yeah. of Raw. So we see this powwow backstage with the corporate ministry, and basically Midian um, tells Shane that he saw he had a belt in his bag, and he needs it. <laughs> he asked him if he could borrow his belt since he lost his. And Shane's like, uh, sure. So that's how Midian gets the European title. <laughs> that's it right there. <laughs> that's it. A new oh. strap for the corporate ministry. Although I guess yeah, it's, it's staying within the corporate ministry, but yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Remember when WCW took the TV title in the trash and then uh, dug and found it in there? Yeah, um, I don't know which one on happened first. Uh, we should research uh, who did yeah. this stupid, <laughs> stupid storyline first. Uh, Titles don't matter, well, ladies and gentlemen. Speedus. Nope. Speaking of stupid, Boss Man gets beat up for being stupid because he failed um, earlier in the night. He was supposed to um, beat Austin, and but he allowed Austin to beat him, so the corporate ministry beats him up backstage. So let that be known. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's going to play a part in the King of the Ring as well. Boss Man getting sort of kicked yeah. out of the corporation. And later on this night of Raw, like you said, uh, 
Rock takes on Edge in his tune-up match for King of the Ring, which is yeah. kind of a weird match uh, to see at this stage in both guys' career. But uh, Rock picks up the win pretty easily, but Undertaker delivers a tombstone to Rock after the match to kind of show him who's in charge. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I didn't even write that down. But yeah, that it was a strange match to see. And like you said, yeah, Undertaker kind of puts a exclamation point there and shows him his boss. And um, later on, we get Vince, and he's talking to Triple H, asking him, you know, take it easy on Taker. You know, maybe don't even fight him, but tri- Triple H does not oblige, and he goes on to fight him. And like I said, it's the main event of Raw here in 1999, and it's the main event SmackDown <laughs> Under next week. So the more things um, change, the more they stay the same. That's right. <laughs> Uh, you know, The Rock interferes to give Taker a rock bottom for the DQ, and the match isn't the story here. It's what nope. happens after the match as Rock signals up for the to the ceiling for something to be lowered, and it's not the Undertaker symbol. It is a Brahma Bull symbol, and it comes flying down. It's snorting out smoke, and man, <laughs> I love this. This was great. Oh yeah, man! I love. I remember watching it live at the time, as loving it. Thought it was so cool to see somebody give Taker a taste of his own medicine. You know, the, plus the Rock was super over him getting his own thing. It was cool, and Rock kind of guides it to the ring, and then he fights off the corporate ministry. And Bossman comes out to help him, basically fight off the corporate ministry. So that does play along. In it. And then, basically, during all this melee, we get Paul Bear stuck in the ring. You know, it's happened to him the other week with Austin, too. <laughs> he gets stuck in the ring, you know, with Rock here, and Rock handcuffs him to the symbol. And Taker, as we saw when, you know, Austin stunned Paul Bear a few weeks ago, Taker just kind of saunters off the stage and retreats. So He does. Yeah. Man, poor Paul. Poor Paul. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy. He doesn't so. get raised to the ceiling, though. I don't know if the— Thank uh, God. <laughs> I don't know if the straps would have held on. <laughs> Not long here. Well, plus after the Owen thing, it's just too soon to do that. Yeah, you know, that's so. a good point. Um, but I was just like, man, that thing would have plummeted to the <laughs> ring with Paul Bear on there. Uh, uh, the Rock cuts another promo on Undertaker here, says that King of the Ring, it's going to be the night of the Brahma Bull. He's going to take those horns, turn them sideways, and you, you can finish the rest. You know. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, like I said, this is a fun little finish to this to their feud, but... God, it's just, it's a little too little too late for me. Man, this has been a terribly know, disjointed and underwhelming build for this match. And we'll cut him some slack because <clears throat> obviously things had to change sure. with the Owen Hart tragedy, you know, interfering with all that sort of stuff. And obviously that's the least of those sort of problems. But uh, it does, it screws up a lot of this build up and, you know, puts it all out of whack. But at least this moment was cool. At least the go home, oh, yeah. the final thing you're going to see is a cool way yeah. to build it up. So it is, and there's some some neat stuff that happens here on Heat as well. We got Heat 48 on June 27th, 99. This is the course to live lead into King of the Ring, and man, I gotta say they do a really good job of building this stuff for the to make the viewer want to see. You know, Heat becomes a joke in a few years. You know, it's just kind of a C-list show, D-list show later on. But at this point, 99, man, they're still putting effort and time into it, which is kind of cool. But um, of course, we got the corporate ministry. The C team, maybe even the D team, coming out with Shane and Vince to open it up. And basically, Vince says, Taker and Hunter are on the same page. There's no, But there is friction to be expected out of a large corporation. But um, 
anyway, we see The Rock arrive, and I just thought it was funny, man, because he does not tip his valet. He, like, goes to give him a tip, and he <laughs> kind of does that, like, I, like I'm going to smack you type hand, and the valet kind of shudders off, and he just walks in. It was just great, man. Unbelievable. It's funny to see. What a cheapskate. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, nowadays he buys people cars all the yeah, time. Yeah, biggest time. movie star <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. The, the most highest grossing, of, you know, every year, it seems, so. He's, uh, couldn't tip his valet. Couldn't tip his valet, but he's got some words for The Undertaker here to close out the episode of Heat going into the pay-per-view. Oh, he, it's man. all about tattoos, man. Rock says he's not impressed by Undertaker's <laughs> Mickey Mouse tattoos, <laughs> which I don't, I don't understand that line, but okay. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a surprise for uh, Undertaker. Um, there's going to be two new tattoos on The Undertaker's butt cheeks tonight. <laughs> Which on your left cheek, it has a probable, and on the right, it reads this. Tonight, at King of the Ring, the rock sacrificed me fast, for he laid the smack down on my candy. Yeah, uh, you know the rest. Yep. So, that's quite a tattoo on a butt cheek right there. <laughs> that's a long, that's quite a tat, yeah, yeah, on your right butt cheek, so. Um, yeah, man, and he, dude, he's got... The roof blows off, man, in Greensburg Coliseum when he walks out. Too, he it is yeah. insane. Yeah, they eat up all this stuff. And, of course, we can't have this go away because, you know, un- unnoticed. Taker notices and comes on Titan Tron and says, you know, we're going to see if the rock can cash those checks. Your mouth's been writing. And uh, there's a Brahma Bull symbol hanging kind of in front of the Titan Tron at this point. And um, he says, tonight is the night of the Undertaker. And tonight the Brahma Bull will rest in peace and burn in hell. And at that point, he uh, uses his magical supernatural powers, and the Brahma Bull symbol suddenly goes up in flames, which is a pretty cool visual. But um, I just wrote, like, where the heck was this stuff the last three weeks? Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. You know, but it, you know, it, at least they got it in before the pay per view. Oh, though. yeah. Uh, maybe it got him some oh, few extra buys yep. for King of the Ring 1999 from June 27th. 1999 at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Dude. It's pretty weird. Home of JCP, man. Jim Crockett and NWA and Starcade and WCW. It's so weird to see them come down south and hit a big show like this where, honestly, man, like, yeah, the crowd was hot, dude, throughout the night. I mean, I watched a little bit of stuff in between, um, not just the, you know, this match. And the crowd was hot, man, for everything, which is just funny to see them you know, come down south and hit and have that. But I guess in '99, nothing could beat the WWF. Man, they were on a freaking roll. So yeah, no stopping them. Had you ever seen no. this show before? Um, I have because I rented it from Video to Go to watch the um, Austin and uh, uh, McMahon's ladder match because about the whole you know raising up the um, thing or whatever. I don't remember this match though, which goes to show you what I was storyline I was invested at the time. Um, I wasn't invested in Taker at this time, you know, in 1999. I was invested in the Austin storyline. So I do remember, I'm, I'm sure I've seen this. I couldn't remember off the top of my head, but I do remember specifically watching the main event, which was the Austin storyline. And the match before that would have been the finals of the King of the Ring. So this this Undertaker match is the third from the top. So, Well, maybe you weird. had that video checked out because I don't remember ever renting this one. <laughs> Not really? Think, I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I've seen the main event on like an Austin DVD or something like that, or yeah. maybe one of the ladder match DVDs. But yeah, definitely had never seen this whole show and hadn't seen uh, Austin, uh, excuse me, hadn't seen The Undertaker and The Rock on here. So it's fun to go back and oh. see a match from this area yeah. that I hadn't seen before. 
Yeah, I don't think I watched anything but the main event. Seriously, like because okay. I remember not being excited about the King of the Ring anyway. Because Billy Gunn freaking won. I was like, what a stupid idiot! I hated that guy. I did not explain that. I hated that he won. It's just so dumb. I didn't. I wasn't interested in that. I wasn't interested in this two week build Rock and Undertaker match. Um, I was interested in you know again Austin and uh, McMahon has been building for a year and a half. So well, yeah, I was like always interested said, in what they had to go. <laughs> that's the main event here, uh, Undertaker. Yeah. Third from the top uh, as the WWF champion. So I do want you guys, before we get into this, finally, last thing is I want you to hold on to this little nugget for some future episodes we're going to hit here at Talking Taker. The Big Show possibly turns heel again <laughs> against Kane. Um, Kane, got, he lost to Kane earlier in the night, and he cost Kane his King of the Ring semifinal match, so... Big Show might be a heel again. You mentioned the other week that uh, he's flip-flopped back and forth already several times, and he just debuted in February. So I think he's a heel again, and that'll come into play in Taker's storylines here um, in the near future. So. Well, if that counts as a heel turn, he's going to have another turn uh, before that uh, yep. our next episode. Because, yep. uh, yeah, tune in next week, folks. The <laughs> yeah. Big Show and Undertaker and, and Kane again are all getting involved with each other, and God, it's a big freaking mess. But <laughs> let's yeah. talk about this matchup. WWF Championship, uh, Undertaker's only pay-per-view title defense of this title reign, his third yeah. title reign. Uh, Rock does cut a promo on the show and other you know, good <laughs> stuff from The Rock here, as always. Um, and we do get a video package recapping the you know two weeks of this feud, I guess. But it doesn't even show what happened on Raw. They don't show any of this stuff with the Brahma Bull symbol. It really, this whole video package before the match is all about the tension between Triple H and The Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hardly even building up this match. It's, you know, what we've said before on the show, I love when guys are involved in multiple feuds, and I think that's a cool thing to do. Except maybe just limit it to maybe two feuds. Two guys, yeah. <laughs> Not four different guys that you're all involved with at the same time. Uh, exactly. It's crazy, man. It's just too much going on. So we get, um, yeah, like I said, after that, we, we we're ready to break down the match here. So we got um, Rock comes out first. And um, as he comes out, it's um, to me, it was just hard to believe he's only 27. Um, JR talks about all the prestigious gentlemen who have sold tickets here and not drops a lot of NWA and Jim Crockett names, you know, like Ric Flair and, and stuff. And, um, I think he drops Steamboat's name too, but, um, he says, of course, none of them have ever sold as many tickets as the rock. So <laughs> never 20,000, I think, or something like that. So, um, anyway, little dig at WCW. Of JR, course. He knows his history, man. He, he also brings up that last time Undertaker was in this arena was the Inferno match with Kane and how, yeah, he was the Undertaker was the solid fan favorite back at that time, and says, "My, how times have changed." Uh, so I appreciate that little nugget of history from Jr. It's cool to bring that up. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was always like when he does stuff like that. So it's cool, especially as we go through all these matches. Sometimes it's hard for me to remember what arenas they're in. So it's pretty cool. But um, uh, uh, Taker comes out like you said. He's got the title around his waist, which I, I appreciate when champion wears that. Yes, you know? Um and I want you know you know a lot of what we talked about when we first started this podcast was how his character and his his image would change and stuff. And we've mentioned several things. I just want to say here he's got no coat, no cloak, no samurai hair, and no eyebrow ring. So Interesting. He's taking the eyebrow ring out. Yeah, I looked closely. So um, not there. Not sure what's going on, but it's not there. So um, 
maybe a slow evolution into the character yes. that we're going to see coming here in, in a few short weeks. But That's what I think. Undertaker doesn't waste any time uh, as this match starts as he immediately knocks out the referee as he heads into the ring before the bell even rings, I believe. Just takes out the referee uh, and beats him up for no reason. <laughs> he just knocks yeah, him out. Um, uh, doesn't really work for him, though, because Rock gets an immediate rock bottom uh, on Undertaker. Yeah. But uh, Undertaker tries to sit up from it, but uh, um, Rock pins him. Um, and... Uh, it does that's where the second ref uh, slides yeah, in. Kyoto yeah, Kyoto comes in right here. Yeah. Yeah, and second ref slides in and Paul Bear pulls him out as he hits the you know, goes down for the three count and he Paul Bear nails him as well. And so and then he just <laughs> mugs for the camera, man. He's just like Ooh. and it's just weird to me. Like I just wanted to note that King is like talking about how he wants Taker to win and stuff, which it's just weird because he was like the most hated guy on the whole company a couple weeks ago, and now he's you know the heel commentary is cheering for him, so I don't know. Just weird to me. Yeah, so. <laughs> no continuity here on a lot of this stuff. <sighs> Frustrating, but um, no. You know, I was wondering. They do all this Gaga here at the beginning of the match. I, I was wondering if it was maybe because of Undertaker's injuries, man, because he's he's clearly favoring his ankle here uh, as we go throughout mm-hmm. the match, and and we've noted that uh, in the past few weeks. Uh, all the different, you know, how he's been struggling to get through some of these matches. So I thought maybe that was part of what was going on here. Uh, but, you know, Undertaker fights through it. Uh, he does even manage to do a perfect 10 cell job for the clothesline to the outside, yep. though, as uh, these guys start to fight out into the entryway and all around the ring, into the barricade and, and all that stuff that has become a signature of Undertaker's matches of late. Yeah, they do lots of brawling outside. And again, I. I've got a nitpick here, man. So JR reminds us this is not an ODQ match. The ref's letting all this go. He's right next to him. And but why? He attacked him mm. from the, he attacked the ref from the get go. Mm. Why would he let all this stuff go? It's not it's not an ODQ match. They haven't made nope. it that. Like why would they not just made it an ODQ match? Because they're gonna yeah. do lots of stuff on the outside. Like just make that make that on heat to help sell a stipulation. It doesn't make any sense like to book it like this where you know, it would make sense if it was no DQ. Then, you know, Taker could attack him at the beginning and not have to worry about it. But he attacks him, doesn't get DQ'd. They do all this brawling outside. The ref doesn't count anything, doesn't care at all. And it's just, I don't know, it just makes, it's kind of stuff like that pees me a little bit. <laughs> so, um, but they brawl back I agree. and forth. and take. Yeah, yeah well, it's just, yeah, like you want to take it seriously. You know, like it's like legit. Like we know it's not, but you're, it's presented that way. And so, I don't know. I just don't like when they don't force they pick and choose when to enforce rules so well it's frustrating because a lot of times they will go the extra mile and and cover for things like that so it's frustrating when they don't when they do drop the ball yeah because even here on the outside the taker starts choking rock on the outside and the ref starts counting to five what (laughs) and and so then jr and king are like well this may as well be a hardcore match or no holes bar match yes why did you not just make it that like so um well, the announcers also start asking, well, where's Paul Bear while all this is happening? And <laughs> J.R. gets out maybe the line of the night here saying, Where's Paul Bear? Is there a, oh! is there a buffet opening somewhere that needs a guest speaker? 
Oh, you guest speaker. Okay. I didn't hear what you said because I was laughing too hard when you said Sam Buffet. <laughs> oh, maybe guest he's a guest speaker. speaker. That is fantastic, man. That is classic. Oh, man. My favorite part of, yeah, of going good. to a buffet opening is getting to hear the keynote speaker. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I've never been to one of those. I'm just saying. But um, <laughs> so Taker gets a concrete, or excuse me, a concrete, a suplex on the concrete, which looks awful. And then he hits, he hits, um, the head into the steps, which according to JR doesn't compare to any of that Carolina barbecue down here. Oh no, <laughs> man, I'm not. Uh, Carolina barbecue is not my favorite, to be honest. Nope. I don't like mustard-based sauce. Nope. 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 So, but JR's got his. He's got his. He's a barbecue he connoisseur. And JR's so. sauce is pretty dang good. I will give him that. I haven't had it. I have to have some. So. Oh yeah, you gotta have it. Um. So back in the ring now, we got the ref here he's enforcing the rules so um i just don't get it. he's doing all the ref like the counts in the corner and all this stuff. i just i don't get it but um we got an arm wrench and an old school attempt but taker gets crotched on top rope rock's done his homework you know and then he goes and grabs a bottle of water and a call back to his wrestlemania match with austin he spits the water in taker's face which man i don't know like you think he ran that spot over with taker first because that's pretty gutsy to me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, uh, dude. Uh, you Brock, know, like he's, seriously, he's a young guy, man. But uh, I know, like you know, Jericho talks about how he got in trouble. He, you know, said to call Taker an old man on like his second show ever. He like legit got in trouble backstage for that. Like, I wonder if Rock ran this by Taker. I think, yeah. I think the Rock was pretty untouchable at this point too. Yeah, I'd, probably, I'd probably so. But yeah, you, you so. couldn't do that if you were. Uh, I don't know, Beaver Cleavage or somebody like that. Valvinus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's funny to see. So uh, so they take things outside again after this. Uh, Rock clotheslines Undertaker into the crowd. Um, they fight all. Oh, they like, love it, dude. Yeah, they fight over to the hard camera area, which is kind of, we don't usually <laughs> see that very often. Uh, Rock tosses a beer into Undertaker's face. <laughs> again, this is all really a lot of outside the ring stuff covering mm-hmm. i think for undertaker's injuries not being able to put on a, a, a traditional match maybe um no 10 counts here no oh, definitely counts, not by no, the no, way. no uh and there's, there's chair shots uh rock goes for a chair yep. shot but taker blocks it with the ring bell and uh <laughs> yeah. then paul bear gets in a few solid loaded loafer shots as well <sighs> from yeah he does man as jr calls him the rotund buffet busting bully that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, the ref is distracted while he hits loaded loafer and he cackles like a mad scientist. I just why, why does the ref got to be, be distracted? distracted? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So man, and then Rock fights back. He's got a hope spot. He hits Taker with a what they call a scintillating DDT. Mm. So I think that may have been the word of the day calendar that day. Scintillating. Um, he stops, or excuse me, yeah, Taker hits that scintillating DDT to stop the comeback, and it's, it's a two count, uh, gets a sleeper hold on Rock for a breather, I guess, and then at this point, man, I just noted the most beautiful sign in the ring that I've seen in 59 episodes of Talking Taker. I haven't seen anything more beautiful than this. It says, Paul Bear for president, <laughs> and it's got like a partial American flag drawn on it, and I just, I can't give, I can't agree any more than that, you know, He's as got we my come vote. up on our primaries. Yeah, got my vote, so... Um, yeah, man. Jesse Great. Ventura completely could unprovoked. Do it. Then why not Paul Bear? That's true. That's true, man. But it's like completely unprovoked. Nothing in storyline. Nothing kayfabe about it. It's just 
Paul Barry for president. I just love it. He's so. got practice giving all those speeches at buffet openings. He'd be he'd do great in the debate. That's true. That's <laughs> true. true. He's a man of the people. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, and then at yeah. this point, the crowd's going, "Let's go, Rocky!" And King's like, "Where do they want him to go?" I just <laughs> I love that. <laughs> King, we're so good. Oh, uh, well, Rock. Uh, he's able to go fight back up here. Uh, they still yeah. have a little miscommunication here. I don't know what happened. Yeah, they yeah. kind of run into each other, running the ropes, and have to talk to each other. But uh, it ends with Rock end up getting a Samoan drop for two. Uh, they get a double drop down off the clothesline. Both guys go down to the mat, and Paul Bear's on the outside trying mm-hmm. to motivate the Undertaker. And I'm just sitting here thinking, <laughs> what he really needs is the urn, dude. We haven't seen the urn in in years. Uh, that's what he needs to get Undertaker back on his feet. That'd have been That's what's sick, missing. dude. If he yeah. pulled it out, oh yeah, pulled out of his jacket. <laughs> like, yeah, great. So, um, yeah, he's talking. So he's got some motivational speaking going on over there. And he's Rock comes up with some right hands, beating Taker down in the corner. Taker reverses, tries to hit a tombstone, which is then reversed into a DDT by the Rock. Which just, I just had to know. It reminds me of all our matches we had. That was our signature spot. Was DDTs all of oh, yeah. dude? It was the easiest thing, the safest thing to do in a in a living room we're not going to suplex each other in the living room or german suplex but ddt is a safe bump to take on each other so we hit ddt's <laughs> like the young bucks hit super kicks man ddt party <laughs> all over the place uh, yeah, we hit a lot of super uh, kicks too though to be fair oh yeah oh yeah so at this point in the match we got another rep bump which was you know technically on accident by the oh, rock but it. he basically puts his arm out and Chokes and the clotheslines him, which is you, strange. You could see this spot coming a mile away as uh, Rock goes yeah. to Kyoto. Um, Rock gets a people's elbow while Kyoto is down. <laughs> and then Undertaker gets a Death Valley blow. And oh, it's time for the old Ether Rag. <laughs> this is the second pay per view in a row we've had the Ether Rag. Or it's third? A signature no, spot. Let's get one. Yeah. It is, man. It's come back from the bowels of his history. Got the Easter rag now. So, of course, immediately, who smells it? J.R. and King. J.R. and King. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. They got the nose of a freaking Mako shark. I don't get it, man. So, Rock reverses an attempt on the Easter rag and uses it on the Undertaker. So, give him a taste of his own medicine. A <laughs> taste of his own ether. Uh <laughs> And then this is – it really starts to get overbooked here uh, towards the end. Yep. We've had ref bumps and ether rags, and now we're going to get interference from Triple H as he comes out to save Undertaker and hits a pedigree on the rock. And both guys are going to be out as the ref finally wakes up. And the ref starts counting, and Taker stands up at nine. And the ref stops counting. You're supposed to keep counting, and then Taker wins. If you can't answer the ten mm, count, I don't think that's true, though. I think so. No, like that's got to be. If both guys are down and one guy gets up, usually the ref will start. I think the ref usually stops counting. Well, King, well, King on commentary says the Rock's not up. You should count him out. Yeah. He says that. I don't know I don't if know. I've ever actually seen that though. Like if they're both out, I know on the it's ground. not last man standing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. King I, did complain about it too. But I was thinking, yeah. I don't. I don't remember that usually being the case, but I don't know. I, thought, I think that's the rule. I think that's why Last Man Standing, that's the only way you can win mm. is by that. So I think it's a rule. We'll see. You guys let us know what you think. Yeah. Hit Agree us up. disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taker uh, kind of falls back with a hand on the rock, 
just a really lazy cover as he's out of it, and but it only gets a two count here as we hit the finish. Yeah, both men get up and take her nails a tombstone and gets a classic cover and uh, gets a pinfall win at 19 minutes and 14 seconds, which a little bit strange because I, you know, you thought that that um, you know, two count that a near fall right before him would have been it. Just kind of goes from this big near fall to all of a sudden it's just clean tombstone yeah, over. Just over, yeah. Yeah, it's weird, but. You know, um, commentary sell though, that The Rock was still reeling from that pedigree from Hunter. So that makes sense. And they say that, you know, The Rock would have won three different times. Um, if it weren't for Triple H, he'd be champ. And, um, man, I just got to say that Taker does a great sell job of selling that ether. Like, he's coughing and yeah. looks like he's been through the ringer and he's selling nice it real, real good. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to that chokeslam through the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, this is the yeah. opposite of that. <laughs> Just strange, um, and maybe you know. I, I think he probably has a little bit more respect and a better relationship with The Rock here. They did the big sure. show at that time. Uh, I don't know. Sure. A little speculation there on our part because that's all yeah. we're doing. We're just fans covering this, and I was, you know, I was kind of a fan of this match. I've uh, been kind of down yeah. on his uh, Taker's matches the past few months. I thought, especially considering all the injuries that uh, Taker had, mm-hmm. thought they did a good job of covering for it. And made it into a, an entertaining match uh, for one I hadn't seen before. Not a uh, not a classic. Not one I need to go revisit. You know, over and over again by any means. But you know, not yeah. bad for what it was. Uh, if you're gonna go back and watch it, uh, you could do worse. I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. And the crowd made it fun too because they just yes. bit on everything. You know, yeah. and and they were invested the whole time. And they're just. I think these guys have good chemistry. You know, they really they have better chemistry than than mm-hmm. Austin and and Taker do. I don't know why that is, but um. Maybe just because Rockin is he he his character allows him to sell a little more maybe than Austin's does you know so um, I don't know but um they got good chemistry like I said the crowd was invested the entire time um, so yeah it was fun you know I, I recommend it but again if you don't miss it you're not missing anything super but you know you wouldn't be sad if you watched it you know yeah <laughs> well uh, Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin was certainly sad later on this night uh, just to put a bow on everything we said with him and McMahon as he ends up losing his match with Vince McMahon that's going to be turned into a a ladder match. I don't think we mentioned that, that it's for complete control of the World Wrestling Federation. So Austin's going to lose all of his power as the CEO to the McMahons as he's going for the briefcase with the contracts in there and it mysteriously rises up to the ceiling and we'll find out all about why that happened, how that happened, what the consequences are going to be for Stone Cold Steve Austin, and how it's all going to lead to our next pay-per-view match, which is fully loaded, 1999, Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. And again, you know, timely, uh, an end of an era match, as we're about to get the sure. last ever match, guaranteed promise this time, between Undertaker and Triple H. <laughs> Uh, uh, coming up here yeah, right. at the uh, Super Smackdown Under show. But then they'll be in a tag match the next week at Saudi Arabia or whatever. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about that yet. Uh, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. yeah that's, final time ever, next week. That's next week on Talking Taker. And this week, though, we want to hear all your comments, all your feedback about this match, about the greater power, about the rules for a count out in a match, about all this sort of stuff <laughs> that we talked about here. And you can always let us know all that on Talking Taker, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as on 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. If you don't mind, let us know what you think of the podcast. Share it with your friends and fellow wrestling fans. Leave us a rating or a comment. Subscribe to the show so you get it downloaded straight to your inbox every Thursday night or Friday morning. Whenever it does go up, you'll get it first if you are a subscriber. And we'll post it to all the social media as well. We would love to interact with you and hear from you and all that good stuff. And if you really want to support the show, go pick up a Talk and Taker t-shirt on uh, tpublic.com. Just search Talk and Taker podcast or take your easy and get a cool t-shirt. Maybe uh, maybe we'll get some uh, new ones up there yeah. eventually. We'll have we got some ideas. We'll have some new designs. Yes, we have some and we have my, my wife's working on some. So we'll we'll have some new designs up there soon. So um but yeah, guys, um, this was not supposed to be this long, but there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack with the higher power, the greater power, whatever you want to call them. So um, next week should be a little bit shorter, fully loaded. It's not that loaded with the buildup and the match. So anyway, um, thanks for bearing with us and sticking with us this whole way. And uh, yeah, if you were there at the Greensburg Coliseum, please let us know. Let us know how this compared to some old Jim Crockett shows or NWA shows you ever went to there. You know, those uh, Steamboat and Flair classics, you know. Um, Anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I got two words for you. Take her easy. Shut it. Uh-huh. 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 Shut it